0: Hey, it's Mark Yegi, wealth architect, author, and founder of Light Circle. Wealth isn't just about money, it's about balanced abundance in your health, your wealth, your relationships, and your soul. Let's take your life to the next level and build your dreams into reality. Welcome to the Wealth Architect Podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Mark Yegi. Welcome to another edition of the Wealth Architect Podcast. So glad you're here. On today's episode, we have a real estate expert. And I know this to be true. He's an extensive, he's got an extensive knowledge in the build to rent niche, which we're going to talk about. He's a partner at Southern Impression Homes, a company that specializes in building rental portfolios in Florida's high growth markets. And trust me, I'm from Florida. I know that it's high growth down there right now, still, uh, basically for institutional investors and individuals. In addition, he's the co owner and co founder of 18 Summers, providing Family education services to entrepreneurs and professionals seeking to strengthen their family relationships while succeeding in business. I love that concept. I can't wait to talk a little bit about that if we can. But well, let's welcome Jim Shields. Welcome, Jim. How are you? Good to see you, Mark. Great to see you. Now you're you're in Florida, and I'm like I just mentioned, I'm from Florida. I love it down there. How are things in Florida?
1: Things are still moving quite well in Florida. You know, we I hear about all oh, this area, um, we're struggling in that area. Florida has stayed pretty status quo and we're still chugging along. We're low on inventory uh, still. um, And and we're still a good demand both for sales and rentals. So I feel pretty lucky to be here.
0: Kind of amazing, right? Like, Florida was the strongest going into this whole COVID thing and has stayed the strongest. And the real estate market just keeps going up. I know the rental costs are going up and prices of homes are going up as well. Obviously, it's hand in hand. So that helps you and your business. Any, um, Tell us a little bit about your business and then we'll talk about the economy.
1: Yeah, you know, I've, I've been a real estate investor for 24 years now. I started in California, fixing and flipping HUD foreclosures in pretty good bulk and then moved to uh florida northeast florida many years ago almost 20 years ago now and i did the same thing bulk foreclosures it was a good business but about 10 years ago mark it just got really there, there was just a lot of competition if you wanted to get into a fixer-upper the only way to make the numbers work for you and an investor was to cut corners and i didn't want to do that and my now partner uh came to me uh, and had a small building operation and said hey what if we built our own investment properties?" instead of tried to find fixer uppers to fix up for, for us and investors. And so it was, it was a thought, it was, it was kind of a brainchild and we threw in some development fees and we built about $3 million worth of property in an area of Jacksonville that we had worked in and it went okay. But with that one experiment, we said, there's some real legs to this. And sure enough, fast forward mm. to now, you know, we've built over 8,000 properties and, um, and and that's a mixture of duplexes, single family, and quads. You know, and we did over almost 200 million in sales last year. So the stuff I was able to do with old construction fixer uppers, we could have never scaled to 12 different markets and this amount of properties not going new construction. There was some learning curve, obviously, in anything but we really are sold my my rehab shoes hung up about seven years ago I'm not picking them back up and uh construction <laughs> has been a good thing for not only me and my portfolio and my family and my partners uh but also you know nearly a thousand clients that we're working with
0: so what kind of stuff do you build are you building big units are you building what kind of are you building apartments what are you building
1: now, apartments are not really our specialty. We will build them and we work for some of the large hedge funds and family offices. So we'll build communities of like all quad communities if someone steps in and, and wants that. Uh, but we're na- mainly Got sticking it. with the residential recipe, Mark. Single family duplexes, and quads. And we'll have people buy those in bulk. You know, we have individuals take down anywhere from 10 to 30 properties and a mixture of those. Uh, but we are sticking within the residential realm. And one of the reasons we do... Um, for our for our individual buyers, we offer in-house financing. And that's something that's been a really important part of our model. You know, if you these interest, we don't really have a real estate problem right now. We have an interest rate problem. You know, it's been highest sure. in 24 years, the quickest jumps. And you go into a bank right now, um, they're going to offer you, if you want to finance, let's say a duplex or a quad, you know, it's going to be 8.5% interest is the starting quote we're getting people locked in today at between 5 and a quarter and 5.75 with our in-house financing cuz we're in a great position where we can pre-buy mortgages and that difference makes all the difference between cash flow getting off on the right foot opposed to not
0: got it so how does your process work jim you, when you locate a piece of a piece of dirt and then you start to go to work on developing it or does somebody come to you? How does how does your process generally work?
1: Yeah, well, we do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Uh, our clients, you just step in at the end and buy the property. We are taking care of finding yeah. the land and developing it or finding you know infill lots, which just means vacant lots and already existing neighborhoods. We take care of all of that headache. You don't need any construction loans. You don't need to go through any of the approval processes with us. We do all that. And our clients just step in with a deposit. And a permanent loan at the end. So most of our stuff, we're on what's called a continual build right now, Mark. Most builders have to do pre-construction. Their bank's require to have a, a, a contract put on it, which really, you know, puts the buyer out where they have to wait 10, 12, 14, 16 months sometimes with these types of backlogs. Yeah. We're on what's called a continual build. Uh, with our with our parent company partner, we have no bank debt. They fund all of our projects. They're a 331-year-old company out of Japan. Um, and they fund all of our building projects. And they allow us to build without a contract in place because they believe in our model, which means our buyers can step in and buy it right at the time of completion or within 60 days of completion. So they're getting into a new construction property, sometimes already tenant-occupied uh, when they purchase it. Uh, so that is the position yeah. for our buyers. They don't have to... Step in and and have their hands dirty with construction loans or anything like that. They step in with one permanent loan at the end, normally done through us uh, and management in place.
0: You've come a long way, Jim, from a dude that bought a couple of pieces of rehab stuff and did okay to somebody that's really put together a business that's got a continual build model. That's great.
1: Yeah, it's been it was a big step, and you know I went from uh, a team of. Four people to now we have 145 people on the team, but I've got a great partner um, who really knows the ins and outs of of the build to rent model, and I had a great um, relationship in more of the investing strategy and and the investors themselves. So we've really made a great team and been able to grow more exponentially, Mark, than I ever thought was possible.
0: That's fantastic! Congratulations, and I know it wasn't without a lot of art. And some smarts on top of it. So good on you. I love to hear success stories like that. What else should we be talking about? What, what did I not ask you that I should have asked you?
1: You know, I think right now with the state of, of the real estate, I, I think I know you and I in our private conversations where we're just talking about, you know, what's happening out there. And and I always tell people make sure that your go-to encyclopedia or weather report does not come from the media and because thank you thank you <laughs> it's it's a it's a little scary mark you know i remember in in 2005 you know all the mainstream media was saying real estate going up no end in sight double digit appreciation get in now or you'll never be able to afford to be able to get into real estate i mean this was yep. this was the, the 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 golden message of the mainstream media I'm like, gosh, that was the worst time to be getting in. And then in, in the end yeah. of 2009, 2010, real estate's dead. It's never coming back. Look at this, this story. And we all know that was the buying opportunity of just inc- incredible proportions. Right now, the media is very mixed. And they're just kind of blanketing um, statements again of, oh, real estate, it's just bad. The economy is bad. And they're 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 putting a giant blanket over things and not looking at individual areas. And I've been trying to look through some of our mutual friends who do things all over the country. There are some niches in real estate right now, and there's some areas where it just doesn't make sense. But then there's other areas where the green light is clearly on based on the fundamentals and numbers, and the media is just giving you like one giant weather report. You know, the weather in Dubai yep. compared to Florida today has nothing to do with the weather in Chicago um, and New York. And to, just, to put those all together in one number, it's really silly. So I really encourage people to not go to the media, go to experts, go to groups that really break down statistics for your information. Otherwise, you are riding blind and you're getting very bad advice.
0: Yeah, it's so true. You know, I'm, I'm mostly in the stock market. I have some real estate, but I, I, I favor the stock market. And um, you know, sometimes I wish I didn't because it's not as it's not as stable. But uh, but it has some really great benefits too. And the stock market is tainted by that media as well. They're saying, oh, you know, for the last year and a half, everybody's been predicting a recession to start next month or next three months, and it hasn't really happened. Like I think we're already in a recession, but. Nobody else agrees with that because they're changing the numbers on what a recession is, and so we have that issue with our media on on everything. I mean, You've got to do your own research. You got to figure out what the heck is going on in your own life. You got to figure out what the temperature is in your own backyard, as you say. So, yeah. Um, so, what's the outlook now? I mean, do you think um, even with do you think rates are going to come down and that's going to spawn more real estate investing? You think they're going to go up? What do you think?
1: I think in certain markets, Mark, from what I've seen, there's going to be another growth in both rental and appreciation because of where the current numbers are. So, for example, Jacksonville, Florida, you know, that was our hub market, it still is one of our, our main markets. And yeah. the median price there is, is about 299000 That's what the stats are coming back at right wow. now. That's the median. Now, we're yeah. getting tons of people coming from let's say Boise, Idaho, or Salt Lake City. Solid markets, you know, nice areas, but their median value is just under 600000 So they are literally double in value right now. But when you look at their, their, like the average family income per household for these two markets, it's about 60000 Well, that's what it is in Jacksonville right now too. So you're talking about a double in price with the same average family income. And these are the numbers that I look for. Wow. And I'm seeing these types of numbers in certain markets in Florida. And again, for Florida, we're not in Miami. We're not in Orlando. We're not in Tampa. And that's by choice because we see the fundamentals in these second-tier markets where you have a great family income, the affordability is there, there's a demand on housing, rents have the ability to go up based on what people are making and the desirability of the areas. So we're really focused heavily on Florida, but we also have our eye, especially with our growing parent company, in areas like Texas and Tennessee. Not only because we see these lower fundamental numbers that are really in high favor, uh, but also something that I look for, Mark, and I know you'll agree wholeheartedly on, things have changed over the last four years. And if sure. anything has become apparent to me, we might be United States, but it is not a united decision on how landlords are treated right now. And I just have to say, I do not want to put my money in a state where a landlord is looked at as kind of a criminal. You know, enemy. If, I, yep, if, I the enemy. Good, if I keep a good property, in good shape, I don't think it's it's immoral or, or certainly not illegal for me to collect rent. And we saw in the pandemic, certain states kind of made that statement. And so I just encourage people, you gotta look for this. I don't care where you land on the political spectrum right now, but if your money has to speak to you, make sure you go to a place that's landlord friendly because that, if you can't collect rent, that puts you in a serious situation. You know, what's
0: amazing is that is such common sense, right? And you almost think, well, everybody does that, right? Everybody looks and sees what the median household is. Everybody looks and sees what the household income is in an area, and the costs, and all those kinds of things. And you know, like you just outlined. But I don't know if everybody does. I think people just go into it like a sheep or a lemming, and they're like, "Yeah, let's just develop." And I think you know, common sense has been is kind of uncommon now. And you've got a lot of common sense. You're just looking at some basic numbers. You're saying, "Hey, look, there's a bunch of potential here." we're going to keep going in this potential. We're not going to go in some of these other markets. That makes a ton of sense to me. And I just don't, I just wonder why others don't do it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's, again, it's that sometimes we get misconstrued by the media where we just look at yeah. blank numbers. Oh, real estate's way too expensive right now. And I always say, which areas are you talking about? Right. Sected the certain areas, you know what I mean? For someone to say, oh, compare a San Francisco to a, to a um, you know Fort Myers, it 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 really makes you scratch your head and say you, yeah. you gotta look at the exact numbers. Uh, and if you don't, you're cheating yourself out of potential opportunity. It's funny because as I grew up in Florida and I had real estate, I always thought,
0: well, there's going to be some New York person that comes and buys this because they make twice as much money in New York as they do in Florida. And it turned out to be true during COVID and after COVID, oh, yeah. they started buying up all the property in Florida with New York money it did make a huge difference because, you know, I look at the arbitrage opportunities. I travel all the time, and I look at the arbitrage opportunities of just going overseas and saying, yeah. you make your money in the U.S. and you can invest it um, in other places. So that's that's really interesting. You also have a, a podcast. I, I know we weren't going to talk about this too much, but I'm, I'm fascinated by other you know. podcasters because it's it's something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's education. Let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, you know, when, when I – formed 18 summers with my wife almost 10 years ago, I think it was to hold myself accountable where I had a lot of mentors, Mark at young ages. I was lucky to get into some, some bigger circles and some backstage events that I would speak at, at a young age. And, uh, and, and there's some truth to that. Don't get too close to your heroes. Cause I saw some guys that were really successful on the balance sheet in their real estate and their personal lives were in shambles and their family life was, Basically a mirage, and that really scared me. Not because, uh, and, and the reason why is because I didn't think I was immune to that. I mean, what what would make these were guys that were super smart, you know, and not ill-intentioned. So where's where's the 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 balancing point? How do you keep this in uh, in a, in a healthy um yin and yang? You know, it's yeah, yeah. I want to have an integrated life. That's a big term. My friend Dan Martell taught me where it's. You know, we're business roles with family. And so our our whole thing about 18 Summers through talks and workshops and retreats. And I know we've crossed paths on those before is, you know, how do we be successful in business and successful at home? It's a very simple message, but there's very little information out there for the entrepreneur, for for the the investor who we we live differently, you know, for how do we keep that balance because we are very driven, we do have a lot of ambition. But I've learned that you do not have to give up success in business to be successful at home or vice versa. That's and right. so how do we integrate those two? And that's what 18 Summers is about, making the most of that time and, and putting some real practical things into practice to help the entrepreneur family. Um, and we just share our journey, our crazy up and down journey of my wife and I and our five children, you know, through the last many years and, uh, and get to talk to some really special people. Now you got five kids you mentioned. are are they uh, any of them interested in what you're doing? You know, my rule mark is don't go into real estate because I'm in it. So they're all of interest, uh, like my oldest son. he um college wasn't for him. we didn't we didn't see it as as the outlet. He knew very early what he wanted to be. He's a great fisherman, incredible fisherman. through our retreats, we had people who had sons and 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 relatives who were very successful in different fishing businesses commercial okay. charter so he at the age of 18 got his captain's license and already has a charter fishing business
0: that's um, awesome he's I love it. 20 years
1: old he's about to buy his first home okay. and uh and he wants to own real estate but i said buddy you don't need to go into it big as i did but maybe you buy a property every other year you got a great cash flowing business you'll be a millionaire by the time you're in your mid 20s from the schedule that we're on you know just do it so there's some interest but i i've i'm a big believer mark if you, if you choose the path for your children, be, be prepared to carry it because there's going to be true. under hidden resentment. There's going to be a lack of stamina or motivation. So I refuse to choose the path. I say, go into what you're interested in, not what I'm interested yeah. in. So all of them have an interest in real estate. One of them, one of the older ones is showing an affinity, but I always say, don't just go into it because I did it. That's a yeah. bad recipe. Or I'm not a fan. I'm sorry for anyone listening who says my child has to take over the family business. Man, I've just worked with too many families over the last decade, Mark. We're behind closed doors. That has been a recipe for disaster. Sometimes it works, but a lot of times if it's forced, it doesn't end well. Well, I mean, we're all different, right? Yeah, I'm sure all
0: five of your kids are different from each other. They're different from you, right? You might have a couple of similarities in there, but the amazing thing is. They're all individual people, and exactly. so you can't kind of pigeonhole them into into anything. So that's a, that's an interesting approach. Is that you lose you lose all kinds of motivation and leverage if you're just forced into something, or if you think you need to go. I I, I was supposed to take over my dad's engineering business. He was a sales rep in engineering, and uh, I just that was not my bag, and I couldn't I I couldn't do the calculus and the chemistry and the physics. And then I went into business school, and it was just so natural. So. Yeah.
1: You know, you you, you
0: just, you just, you, and plus you're at 18, you're hard to figure
1: out what you, what you Absolutely. There's time. And I always say that, be curious, see what's out there, you know, but the, the advice I was given is what are you good at? What do you enjoy? What does the world need? You know, and if you look at those three things, there, there, there can be a lot of self-discovery in those three things. And if not, I think, you know, I'm sure, you know, Dan Sullivan, I was in strategic three years and he said, if you work on your your weaknesses, you'll have stronger weaknesses. That's right. That's there are right. certain things, cream will rise to the top of things that are just almost like breathing for you or for I. And that's the things we're supposed to go deep in. That's what we're supposed to offer out. Yeah. And if we do those things in our companies or our ventures or to our clients, that's where they're going to see the biggest return. Now, if I'm going to be our tech guy or handle our accounting market, <laughs> Ooh, it's going to get ugly. Like <laughs> this, this, this podcast would never happen if I had to design the tech for us. But to help put together the deal and build relationships and tell the story, yeah, I'm your guy. But again, that's what I try to teach my kids. It's okay to be really horrible at things because those things you can delegate and yep. go deep in things that you're naturally good at. you got to be good
0: at your unique ability. That's, that's it, unique ability, for yeah, sure. Right. Listen, how can uh, this has been really, really Great, and uh, how can people find out about you? You're such a multifaceted guy, right? You're you're great dad. It sounds like you got, uh, you know, podcasts. You're also a really killer uh, real estate investor, and and a rags to riches story in a lot of ways, which uh, which is amazing. Which is an amazing story. So, how can people get a get a little bit of more more of Jim Shields, or find out more about you, or do business with you?
1: Yeah. If you want to go to jjplaybook.com, that is a starting point. My wife and I designed it. It's about our journey from simple rehabs to this build to rent venture. And you can learn how to work with us through build to rent, kind of our investing principles. It's a great starting point. And if family is important to you, we tie in some of our family principles there because I want to pass these along to my kids without doing the work for them. Uh, And then you can also look us up on our uh, 18 summers family podcast. It's a great way to learn more about family and business. That's great, and that's all over uh, all the apples and Spotify's and Apple's Spotify. And our book, "The Family Board Meeting," which was a number one Wall Street Journal bestseller. I remember selling. that. I remember. You can find that in Barnes and Noble's, Amazon, wherever you look.
0: Yeah. By the way, everybody, that that to me was a fantastic book. I don't have kids, but I just love the concept of having a family board meeting. I love I love what you you know did about you know leaving a legacy for your kids and all that kind of stuff. And uh, education is so important. So. Um, you know, hats off to people like you that, that make things happen and hats off to people like you that are pushing it forward to the newer generation. So um, thanks, thanks, Jim, for being here. It's a pleasure to reconnect and talk. And uh, And remember all you that are listening and watching, remember what I always say, never give up your power in your health, your wealth, or your time. Hi, I'm Mark Yagy. Every new year brings hope, but have you ever made those resolutions and by February they're out the window? Yeah, me too. This coming January 13th and 14th, Join me at Your Greatest Year. It's an online summit dedicated to setting you on a path to transformation, abundance, and growth. Make your resolutions a reality. Let's create magic together in 2024. Make 2024 your greatest year. You've been listening to the Wealth Architect Podcast with Mark Yegi Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Share and tell your friends. See you soon.